Hi, Cinema Guano listeners. Just a note about this week's episode. We had so much material talking about the stuff that we decided we needed to break it up into two episodes. So please enjoy part one of The Stuff, featuring guest hosts Aaron Dean and Josh Hamilton. We'll be back in two weeks with part two. Welcome to Cinema Guano, the movie podcast where all the films are bad poop crazy. I'm your host, Greg Pizzino. With me today and every day, my co-host, Krista K. Cober. Hello. And today's guests, Aaron Dean. Hi there. And Josh Hamilton. Hello. Uh, and this week, uh, we are watching The Stuff from 1985, uh, directed by Larry Cohen, written by Larry Cohen, produced by Larry Cohen. Nice. Uh, starring Michael Moriarty, Garrett Morris, and Paul Sorvino. Garrett Morris is in this? Yes, he is. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, as a character who was inspired by uh, the famous Amos Cookies. Cool. Oh, okay. I see what? where this is going. Yes. I see well, where this is I mean, the guy, the guy who... Yeah. yeah, yeah. The actual guy who oh, famous Amos the, is named not after. Not the actual not edible actual cookies cookie. themselves. No. Okay. Yeah. I'm slightly disappointed, but uh, we'll let that go. Um, thing I learned about Michael Moriarty today, actually, he went to the middle school of the school where I went to high school. So he went to Cranbrook Middle School and then transferred to U of D Jesuit for high school. Awesome. Um, so he's a Detroit native. Cool. Ooh. All right. Yeah. So that was that was a, that was a, a new thing. Aaron, I know you're mildly familiar with this uh, movie. I know it's something that's yes. been like fascinated you and you've never seen. I have a interesting history with this film. Uh, so my dad is a truck driver, and when I was a kid in the summertime, I would he was a long haul truck driver, so I would go on trips with him out west and stuff, be gone for like two weeks or whatever. So you'd be in, uh, you'd be in, uh, you know, truck stops a lot. And there, you know, at some point or other, we'd be at the restaurant. I'd be like, Oh dad, you know, can I walk around or whatever? Yeah, go ahead. And I would always check out the videos and there were the weirdest videos on racks. Cause sometimes oh, you yeah. have the, you have the little bunk set up with the, you know, TV and everything. And, uh, I was I saw this I was like seven or eight and I saw this movie on the shelf called The Stuff and it looked like the scariest movie. I remember there's a woman eating I remember flipping over the back and trying to read it and like being scared and like, you know, not wanting to actually look at the pictures on like from the photos on the back of the VHS and everything. <laughs> and I remember this one picture of a woman eating like uh she was she had a like a you know like you get a little thing of ice cream like a pint of ice cream or something and she was like eating it and she had this like ecstatic look on her face and i just remember thinking that's that's a really scary way for a monster to get you and <laughs> i have cream, not yeah. i yeah. have not seen this movie or um hardly heard of it since i haven't thought about it much or uh, I, now and then it'll come up you know like if i'm like really drunk and I'm about to fall asleep oh yeah this stuff that i really wanted to see that <sighs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but well, I was hanging out with uh uh Craig last was that at the after the first show at the uh, Yeah, so it was it was yeah. after yeah. the first show, yeah, um of uh Trending Now. Trending now. Yeah, yeah, which was a sketch show that neighborhood theater group uh just finished. And you said that the next Cinema Guano was I was asking how's Cinema Guano going? So the next one's gonna be the stuff. I said I have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is like a 25 this is like a 30 year journey <laughs> I hope it's worth it I, right. I think it's going to be I feel really yeah, I've been looking forward to it all day like I think I, I, I was not familiar with this movie like nearly as long as you've been um I think I first heard about it actually on another podcast that I'm a fan of called Shockwaves, mm. which is a horror theme podcast. It's it's I think a four person panel, and they talk about horror movies and the industry and their filmmakers and stuff. A lot of them work for Blumhouse, um, the guys who made uh, Get Out and Us, oh, okay. and you know, um, not all, they were not involved in that particular film, yeah. but um, at least one of them is actually a film professor. So it's it's people who are part of the industry and who know what the hell they're talking about. Um, and they had talked about this movie because they will they will regularly pull these sort of like old school gems out of, you know, out of the treasure vault. And they talk a lot about like DVD re-releases and things like that. Um, and I think that's probably where I first heard about it, like probably five years or less ago. Um, but like, I, I can't say no to a movie that is more or less about murderous marshmallow fluff. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. so cool. 
and a conspiracy <laughs> and I, by... I'm, I'm assuming it's not just, like, by its normal killing method of diabetes. No. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's my guess. <laughs> and the long haul. Yeah. And it's got a conspiracy by big ice cream to boot. In the movie? In the movie. It's part of it, big ice cream? Oh, one that's like, kick-ass. One, one well, of the characters. That's why the lady was eating the ice cream. Yeah, right. okay. Apparently I, they I, did. I, see, I just thought it was the stuff. I, I didn't know what, it, I mean, in my... Yeah, this is a I don't know isn't it funny the mem- memories that stick yes it's like yeah. I remember yeah. clear as I can't remember the names of people like I went to high school with but clear as day <laughs> in a truck stop in South Dakota in 1989 do I remember looking at a co- VHS copy of the stuff and it's shrink wrap <laughs> <laughs> and it, like Larry Cohen the guy who you know who made the movie wrote it and everything um, he considers it to be satirical he considers it to be mm. A kind of a dark comedy, not a horror film necessarily. Cool. That's his view. Apparently, the original edit was much more serious and and had a lot more to say about, um, mm. uh, you know, corporate power in America and yeah. things like that. Which we will talk about after the movie, I think, because um, I have I have some interesting thoughts that have been going through my head while I've been thinking about this movie without even watching it. Cool. Um, but yeah, as far as big ice cream goes, yeah, to my, to my understanding, <laughs> the, big ice one of the protagonists <laughs> in the movie, like I said, I haven't seen this You're yet. You're from Wisconsin, right, Josh? That's right. right. Those cream. are my people. Exactly. <laughs> Anything dairy-related. I mean... Kicking indoors. Now, now I feel like we need one where there's a conspiracy by big cheese. <laughs> we can find one. Yeah, just like murder cheese curds. <laughs> Again, not just by diabetes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> clarify, actual murder. And before we were on the air, we were just having this long discussion about Culver's anyway, speaking of cheese curds, so, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, apparently yeah, the the character who is part of the big ice cream conspiracy is actually one of the protagonists, not right, the villain. Right. So, you know, awesome. you got that going for you. All right. Yeah, big ice cream is on your side. Yeah, always. always <laughs> about. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, Christian, do you want to go ahead and uh, read the synopsis? On We're watching this uh, this week on Hoopla which is the streaming service that the Ypsilanti uh, library system provides. Hmm. Very nice. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, support your local library. Yeah, I was not aware Get of that. Get free shit. Um, let's see. Amalgamated Dairies hires David Rutherford, an FBI man turned industrial saboteur, to investigate a popular new product called The Stuff, a new dessert product that is blowing ice cream sales out of the water. Nobody knows how it's made or what's in it, but people are lining up to buy it. It's got a delicious flavor to die for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the, the creative company they came up with for big ice cream is Amalgamated Dairy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully they spent more money somewhere else. Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, it's called the stuff. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, called I, the stuff. Like, clearly, clearly, naming was not high on the list of priorities right. for uh, Mr. Cohen here. Yeah, so, you, you get the idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. We'll change it in post. We'll come up with something better. It's just the this is the elevator pitch. It's fine. That is not that far off from how like advertising works, though. It's like yeah. it's amb- true. ambiguity. It creates the mm-hmm. you know the 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 peaks the interest. <laughs> like, whatchamacallit? I remember yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Those still exist. They do. They do, but they don't as, play the song. They're as good as ever, oh, but they're always dusty. Like, whenever <laughs> I go, like, I'm like, shit, let's push the boat out. Here, whatchamacallit? I'm at, like, the liquor store or whatever. Pick it up. Dust it off. <laughs> yeah, it's as it's, good as it ever was. Those are, those are like Charleston shoes. They're always the thing that you're, yeah, shoe, you're not sure how long that yep. specific bar has actually been in yep. that spot. But it's a while. It's yeah. definitely been a while. Is it supposed to cut my cheek? It's like the bubble gum in the baseball card. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Man. <laughs> Um, so kind of a quick reintroduction to our guests, because now that one of you guys have been on it a bit, I think, mm-hmm. Aaron, the last one you did with us was Repo the Genetic Opera. I believe it was. And Josh, I think the last one you did was Tucker and Dale That's versus correct. Evil. Great movie. Classic. Yeah, yeah that was such a good movie. movie. Uh, so Aaron is the uh, literary manager over at uh, Neighborhood Theater Group, which has just undergone kind of restructuring. Yes, we've we've separated into... An administrative group and a purely artistic group. The administrative group is called the company, and that is composed of uh, Greg is our technical director, for example. I am the literary manager, so they're very specific administrative roles. And the ensemble are, um, and then you know, uh, we do artistic stuff too. And then the ensemble does uh, the all the other uh, artistic legwork of uh, and investment projects in this part and. Um, uh, committees, things like that. So yeah, I think it's gonna. I'm I'm excited about um the next wave. 
And we just wrapped up our fifth, or fourth season, excuse me. Fourth season, Going yes. into our fifth season. We're having yes. a little break now, so. Yes. Going into hiatus, so we won't have much to plug after uh, after we're done today, but we'll, we'll see if we can find something during Yeah, the right. <laughs> <laughs> There's always Black Cat. There's yes. always Black Cat. Yeah, yeah. Black yeah. Cat. yeah. Mm-hmm. Might as well start getting excited about it now. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it as soon as I finish the previous <laughs> yeah. Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys know me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Krista has actually just joined the ensemble Yes, yes, that's right. True. You just we've, we've added uh, uh, Krista and another person, and that's it right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one yeah. Of two? It's just the two of us, Excellent. and we both have blue hair, and we yes. both have dragon tattoos. Yes, I'm so excited. That's have the beginning you, yeah. of something. Have we seen both of them at the same place at the same time? Yes, yes. Okay, good. So they're not just yes, the same yes. person. I was unaware of the okay. the the tattoo part. So was I, actually. <laughs> I did not know that Kelly had yeah. tat- any tattoos at all. That's I was so excited because they're beautiful. They're absolutely cool. <laughs> I had not seen them. Greg, I'm glad you're pretending to know that you know your wife has tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like hardly anyone ever sees it because it's on my leg, on my like lower leg, but I usually wear pants or leggings or mm-hmm. something. So, What kind of dragon is it? Is it's there... a rampart dragon. And it's like D style. I knew you were going to tell me there was like a, there was the kind of dragon it was. There was a, I was like, I don't know if there's yeah. lines. It's the style. What kind yeah. is it? Okay. Aaron, so you were just looking at like, is it a happy dragon? Yeah. Or not? <laughs> well, I know you need like a worm or yeah. like there's the winged ones. You know, I don't. Yeah. Know. yeah. I can show you. You're not that far from Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every spring when I was at the bookstore and we we were able to wear like skirts and. Short pants and stuff. Every spring, all my corkers. Oh my god, you have a tattoo? <laughs> yes, it's the same tattoo I've had for like six years, guys. Same one. And yes, it is awesome. <laughs> hey, that, that guy who was doing your tattoo was super excited about it. He was. He was so excited. That's how I knew he was the right guy. The whole time, it was like two hours, I think. Whole time, we were talking about uh, like D&D campaigns, and we were running... We were running Wraith at the time. Yeah, we were running Wraith at the time, so he wasn't familiar with Wraith, so I was talking about Wraith. Like, he was the perfect man to be doing that tattoo. Awesome. It was great. And then he gave me a discount because he actually went overtime because we were geeking out so much. <laughs> that is how business is done, sure. my friend. Yeah, yes. that is how business is done. Absolutely. Uh, and Josh, um, you know, uh, improv background, mm-hmm. um, formerly uh, with was it Drop the Fist? Was your yeah? It was the the group I was a part of, Drop the Fist, over at Go Comedy in Ferndale, uh, great place. There's also there's a lot of improv going on around here in Southeast Detroit. If you have a chance, go check them out. Some of it's improv. They do sketch shows. They do all sorts of community service stuff. They're they're great, great things to be a part of. Uh, so yeah, go comedy in Ferndale, Pointless Brewery over in Ann Arbor, and down in Hamtramck, Planet Ant are the three that I'm aware of. And yeah, those, those are the kind of so, big ones. Yeah. But as of yeah, last year and a half or so, I've taken a step back and just gotten away from it. You know, it was just being too many things in my life I wanted to do, and a few things had to had to get put on the back burner. Um, maybe someday here I'll get back into theater. I like. Yeah, I, I know you've been talking about yeah, like yeah. getting back into auditions, and I keep trying to sucker you into auditioning over oh, here. Yeah, one of these yeah. days it'll happen. Um, August, August, we'll be here. One of these days it'll happen. I finally get to that that point of I need to be back on doing something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to sucker him into to auditioning for the workshop musical. So oh heck yeah 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 love to love to have you. <laughs> All right, so you guys got any other thoughts before we uh, go ahead and screen the stuff? <laughs> Um, my secret hope is that the stuff behaves very similar to the pink slime from Ghostbusters 2. Ooh. I mean, the cover so, does kind of remind me of Ghostbusters a little I, bit. Okay. I am also hoping that that's sentient in some way. Yeah. I'm hoping that it'll, it'll like, you know, I don't know, move around and, yeah. and you know, I like the idea of it. it I remember very the, the idea of it being inside you and, and messing you up, being really scary when I saw it. Yeah, uh, well, like, you know, yeah it says, are you but, eating it or is it eating you? Yeah, see, the, okay, I probably remember <laughs> that. Okay, that you, you that blocked it out. That was scary. Yeah. You blocked yeah. it out. Yeah, okay. Well, and like, yeah. I've seen a, a couple of different covers for this movie. The one that Hoopla has as their image um, reminds me a lot of The Fly. The Cronenberg Fly? Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Um, and then um, there's something. Oh yeah, the the Blob remake from the '80s. That's yeah, like that's what I'm thinking. I'm having Blob kind of flashbacks. Yeah, which is a little great. Bit. Yeah. I don't know who did that or anything. I love the Steve McQueen Blob from the '50s too, but the, the yeah. '80s Blob is kickass because that kid gets killed and you don't see it coming. It's such a it's such a nasty shock. It's awesome. 
Yeah. <laughs> that sound you heard was our Mexican food arriving. <laughs> Thank you, Latore Taqueria. Also, I do want to give a shout out to B&H Audio. We uh, just actually upgraded our system once again. We've added uh, a new good mic. And they Ooh. ended up sending us a whole shitload of free stuff, including a swing arm mount. Uh, they sent us new headphones. They sent us cord wraps, none of which was part of the original order. Uh, and so, yeah, thanks b and I've ordered from them before, and I always get really good service, and every once in a while there's a surprise in the package. And that is how business is done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially if you are not Big Ice Cream, yeah, I guess. Well, we'll see how they do business. We'll see how Big Ice Cream does business. That's how Big Ice Cream rolls, man. <laughs> I think, no, I, I, I do think that Big Ice Cream is going to is going to totally be the hero because this is replacing ice cream, right? So they're right. going to be yes. like, yeah. we've got to move our ass on this. And But uh, but are they going to actually be the hero or are they going to be kind of the... The de facto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of that. We're, we're, are they going to have the attitude of, this stuff is killing people, we need to do something, or are they having the attitude, they're taking our profits and that won't stand? That one. That's that, that one. <laughs> that's that's what I'm, you know, that one, but what might happen is the, the, the hero who comes out of Big Ice Cream might have some kind of change of heart. Mm. Oh. It's also like, it's like yeah. ice cream. It's like, we, we don't want it. Like, I love the idea of big ice cream and, <laughs> ice cream and like, the heavy and everything. That's cool. But like, I, I also like the idea of big ice cream. Maybe, maybe like having a Mr. Sc- like a Scrooge moment to where they're like, you know what? It's really about, it's like about the kids and stuff. You know, it's about <laughs> right. picnics. Yeah. And it's about, you know, the, the cone and, you know, Americana. And <laughs> so we'll see. We'll I, see. I feel like Hope this is going to end up either being like a future <laughs> sketch or it's going to be like a one act at some point about big ice cream, man. <laughs> I, lo- I, love I don't it. know. Like, um, yeah, I do want to have a discussion later when we after we watch the movie about um, corporate malfeasance horror as like a subgenre. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like like you could make an entire subgenre out of this from existing movies. Absolutely. That that's not really considered a subgenre of its own, but I can I can think of at least two or three off just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's super real relevant today and yeah. it's not a subgenre that people are making stuff in for some reason. But yeah. you easily could. Yeah. Like And would be and would hit nicely and translate in a nice nice mm-hmm. way from something that's entertaining to something that's got some meaningful. Well, yeah. I, I think the weird thing about it is you can have so many different areas. You know, it could be futuristic, it could mm-hmm. be modern times, it could be past that That's what Repo you know, uh you Yeah, know, kind of is, yeah. Wasn't yeah, in a way. It sort of is, yeah. Yeah, yeah futuristic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh we're gonna go ahead and screen the stuff. Uh, so right now would be a great time to pause the podcast and watch along with us, and we're going to have some dinner, and be back in just a few moments. And we're back. So that was the stuff. Disappoint. No, like, it did not. No, it did for, not disappoint. For a movie that Aaron and I, I think, were both like anxious to see. Yes, for different reasons. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did that? Did that live up to twenty five years of expectations? Um, or it, it did in some ways. So, as far as like the scares, no. Clearly, I mean, like, it, it, I'm thinking, I'm trying to put myself back into my eight year old self and be like, would that scare me? And it was very easy to scare me back then. That probably wouldn't have scared me. But like the, I, I saw there were there were some generally, gen, genuinely, I've had a few drinks, <laughs> genuinely scary moments, like the boy in the, the uh, in the oh in, in the truck. I oh, thought that was yeah. pretty scary. That that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Especially when, when he was like there. backing up towards yeah, yeah. see the wall behind him. And, yeah, and being, and you know yeah. he's running out of oh, yeah. Yeah. yelling yeah. at the stuff to bring it on. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. Like that machismo. Come on, I'll take you on. <laughs> well, he's got nothing else, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah that's, he's that's backed into a tanker, and I think that's like that's the point where the kid just snaps, and you see yeah. him as he is at the end of the movie, where he's gonna force feed those guys the fucking stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, he sees. Yeah. That's that gets dark, right? Yeah, right. Like, like, like <laughs> Frank Miller territory, but um, yes. So, uh, if you're asking me, then I would say that it hit it 
in 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 just about every way. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the performances. There's a lot of really good actors in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and they actually the the lead guy is that Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike his, Moriarty. Yeah. His he played great subtext. That was actually yeah. a really good character. Like that kind of. Of course, the yeah. the, the the female character is underwritten, which is what we can expect. Uh. But um, uh, in and in general, the 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 structure of a like a well-made you know the quote the well-made play kind of format was lacking you know we didn't get a lot of character development and stuff like that yeah but i really enjoyed the performances and the um and the special effects i thought were great like i i, I thought the yeah. stuff was was cool looking the effects and, were so yeah. cool the yeah. stuff was the way it flowed was kind of beautiful yeah really yeah 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 i think the only special effect that i really didn't like was there at the very end with the electrical but everything else under that with yeah. the, even the the fake people you know when their mouths were stretching too yeah, yeah. oh i love yeah. that like, yeah. it was it was classic 80s kind of comedy stuff where yeah. like their head yeah. exploded but it yeah. was it was well done it was yeah. obviously yeah. fake but wasn't like terrible yeah you know, it was well done all it, the special they, they, were they well actually done. made it was not just they had done an animated cell over the right. live action cell. That Savini mm-hmm. kind yes. of personality, yeah, to mm-hmm. to to it. Um, it. It made me think of a, a lot of um, uh, Large Marge in um, Oh Kiwi. hell yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. kind of the the, yeah. the vibe. Um, Absolutely. And and Cohen did say like um, what the studio wanted was a tried and true horror film. They wanted more gore and and they wanted an actual horror film. Horror film. And what he wanted to make was this satire. And he made the movie he wanted to make, and they weren't happy with it. Um, and he I, he kind of got unlucky, because when the film came out, the initial reviews were actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And there was a massive storm, possibly even hurricane level, I don't remember, in New York when they released it. And that was where it was released originally in theaters. And so all the newspapers that had the good reviews in it never got delivered. <gasps> wow. Because of this storm. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so nobody went to see this movie because nobody knew how good this movie was supposed to be, huh. according to the critics. Huh. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Or whether that's just right. him talking, but... <clears throat> I... This is one of those movies where it's like, okay, the filmmaker had something to say. And in my opinion, I do not think that the filmmaker... We're looking at writer, director, producer, am I right? Yes. I feel like they dropped the ball technically in a lot of ways. And this is someone who was a passionate person who had a lot to say and maybe didn't have all the skill to say it. And like I say, I think this, I think this movie was saved by the performances by a lot of actors who became not stars, but like good, even great movie actors. And, and, um, uh, just people who are like very talented. Like I think Garrett Morris is someone who who never got his fair due. No, like he gets shafted in this movie. He, he gets shafted. Like, yeah. in, as a as as a professional, he gets yeah. shafted. I think that I think he is someone. I really liked him on Saturday Night Live. I think he was a a a voice on that show that never really got. You know, and he is a he's a a playwright and a and a, you know like just a just a someone who you know has like a I think has you know. Something kind of crazy to add. Well, you were saying he's also an opera performer, like like German opera. Yeah, wow. I've heard him sing very beautiful German opera music, actually on SNL, kind of as a joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then but the joke was is that he, like he does this King Kong dirge. Uh it's a song about King Kong, but if he sings it in this beautiful, you know, opera villain baritone. <laughs> But Fantastic. they would they would trot him out now and then and then as a joke he would he would show this thing that you know like this talent that he had yeah in a in a comedic way but in general I think he got and that's just I don't know that's just how things are I guess but like but, well, but back then yeah but like but but like so and, and of course Paul Servino a you know maybe a great actor right yeah and and yeah. another opportunity actor. I'll be dogs. Yeah, because I think we yeah, talked about talked that actually about during that Repo. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That yeah. his, that some of his background is actually in opera. 
And I liked um, uh, Moriarty. Michael Moriarty. I yeah. liked him. Mm-hmm. I um, liked who? The funnily lady. enough, apparently is kind of a right wing. Oh, is that so? Crank. Okay. Really? They're, okay. Yes. yes. The, the crank. The crank stuff is huge. Like the the territorial pissings of, of the cranks are all yeah. over this movie. <laughs> Possibly and, even huge. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Okay. So have you guys heard of um? Shit. Uh... Oh, it, I can't remember the name of the guy. He did a movie called Fateful Findings. No. Craig, I promise you, that is a Cinema Guana movie. Okay. I watched it. It is right up your alley. It is so <laughs> cool. And it has that kind of similar uh, right-wing paranoia. Yeah. That is not unjustified, but always veers into racism and sexism and yeah. like, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't necessarily in that case, but like... But it doesn't in, in the stuff, I think. Right. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, like this one, it sounds like at the beginning, it's if you hadn't seen some of the other things, even the truth does sound like a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. You know, the whole fucking. And then it turns out, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, the movie, like, everyone is saved by the right wing militia nutbags. Yes. yes. Like, yep. now, granted, they only got him to work with him. By telling him a bigger conspiracy, like or yes. feeding into his conspiracies, essentially saying, "Hey, remember the fluorine they put in the water to control your mind? Yeah. This is worse than that." They went right and up, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the fluorine. Yeah. But as soon as he said that, that guy's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> if it's worse than fluorine, fluoride, I'm in. I'm fucking in. Yeah, let's get the like he was immediately ready to stuff. kill people over yeah. this. Yeah, to the point of. <laughs> all of the people at the stuff factory, if you can call it that, was more of a mine. Because the fucking film starts off with Prospector Jim, I'm going to yeah. call him. Yeah, no, he didn't really up. have a name. Yeah. Like, but out in, the, out in the cold, and there's just this liquidy white stuff bubbling up from the ground. He's like, I'm going to eat that. <laughs> bubbling. Yeah, when I saw that, that's it. Oil that yes. is. So immediately, and then old. another guy comes over and does it. Yeah, and I looked yes. at it, tea. and it reminded me of the La Brea tar pits with albinism. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like if, you, Wait, if you've line? ever been to the La Brea tar pits, there's yeah. tar, yeah. just bubbling up from the ground. And he I just he ate I it. He's like, I'm not eating that. And, the other yeah, guy at no point it. did I feel like bending down. Like, <laughs> right. It was traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this during the movie. How quickly. There's no setup to this movie. No, no, no character the development. The actual opening scene is the crazy guy eating the bubbling stuff out of the ground, and then the next one is God knows how long later. You cut to the kid at the house, and stuff and, is everywhere. And the stuff is already yeah. everywhere, and he sees it moving in the refrigerator. Yeah, there's at no point do they even like hint a little bit of ooh, this is a new thing. They just fucking this guy's yeah. eating some shit it's moving in the yeah. fridge and we're down the road the cracks right. are ready to go that like was... by the time the movie like by the time you get past that first scene the stuff has already won yeah yes the, the, that's the that's the major failure of the picture is that they had actually it's funny because all the other stuff stuff uh... all the other things that <laughs> that make these movies fail I think were largely successful yeah. In that the acting and special effects and stuff were the production value in general wasn't was yeah. enjoyable and I it bought good. it, it was in the world of the play, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like I, I believed it in that world. It it all fit together. Where they failed was like just basic character development and relationship the, the stuff. Storytelling yeah. is the yeah. problem. Yeah, the world like building the, the was stuff not. that was and, and it's yeah. what's funny is like they had interesting characters. They had all these like kind of anti-authority characters, these outsider characters that would have been really interesting mm-hmm. to work with, and they just didn't right. bother. Yeah, like, the woman was, like, <clears throat> integral to his plan of infiltrating. Yeah. And she was just... Nothing. She was well, she was being passed around like a toy. Yeah. 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 Like, even the main character, you knew the most backstory about him, but that was a half paragraph when yeah. the rich dudes on the boat were deciding to get him. Yes. You know, they just All said, oh, them he was a... in the FBI and worked at this other thing, and now he's and he a got corporate espionage. Yeah, he got yeah. thrown out, and now he's he's a corporate spy. And All that was of his shadow yeah, was been... fascinating. Yeah. And we didn't get enough, because everybody, was, it's crazy, it's like, I was, I was watching that, I was like, Oh man, I would love to rewrite this because everybody <laughs> yeah. was everybody was cool yeah. in it. Yeah, like like the, everybody's story. Like she was a she she was an advertising person. He was uh, a disgraced 
uh, FBI, FBI agent. guy. This kid is the only one, and and like you, we've all seen like Mars attack. Oh, what was it? No, Invaders from Mars. Yeah, mm-hmm. that like now that's oh movie that scared the shit out of me when well, I was a it's kid. It's so scary. And both versions, the the from the fifties and the eighties, they're both really good, and they both have these kids. That nobody believes, and what's scarier than that, right? right. Well, like, we, yeah, and the adults turn on them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, they didn't bother to give us any of that, like, kind of you know Spielbergian, like, this is the world, mm-hmm. this is the place. There's, there's no innocence the from that kid. Yes, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. There's no. He doesn't get a moment of normalcy. His life is pretty right. fucked up from the get go. Right away. Right, like, right away. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's really the only thing that where they really where they really failed because like what's funny is like I, I see great actors or good actors uh uh putting in subtext that isn't there and really enjoyable production value. Yeah. <laughs> Poor chocolate chip Charlie man. Oh, oh man. Oh uh, uh, I really wanted him to be cause, spoiler alert. Yeah. That he doesn't end well for him. No, no. It, it no I guess I mean That's he is the lone African-American actor in a horror film, so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, there's the, like, there's the taxi cab driver. That's, that's basically true. the only other, uh, yeah, yeah. not-white person in yeah. this movie. And, and you could, you could argue that the filmmaker is, you know, because Chocolate Chip Charlie's pretty sympathetic all the way through, and then yeah. at the end, and then at the end you get this completely unjustified... Right. Right, like that he's he's got yeah. stuff in him mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's and, and it's just like. But oh. even him, like the character is there's a lot there. All you know is yep. he used to own part of the company that now sells the stuff, and he got kicked. There again, there's like a one paragraph of yep. him and the main character saying, "Here's here's how I here's my backstory." One paragraph, and that's it. And yeah. that's all the stuff yeah. that like yeah, I'm constantly. really interested yeah. in. Because all that is such great backdrop for this really, you know, like, think about, like, like something like, uh, you don't need much, like, something like Slither, right? Yeah. You don't need much. Just, you know, but, but what's cool is they gave us, they gave us a lot, actually. Yeah. And it was all good. It was all interesting. But it was never totally played out. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, they, that's a bummer. I, I feel like that, yeah, they're, they're reach exceeded their grasp to a certain degree. Like mm. they wanted this movie to be more sprawling than right. yeah. they had the ability mm-hmm. to make it narratively. I feel that. I yeah. guess. I f- yeah. Um, which is why like we got two thirds of the way through this movie and I'm like, wait a minute. We haven't even fucking seen Paul Sorvino yet. Yeah. I know. He did not disappoint. And, and even, <laughs> but even him, like he was just kind of a, he was former military guy who's now conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yes. Who apparently yeah. also owns radio stations. And kind of came and out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. And lives in a castle. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. So he much there. In a castle. Well, and, and he was part of he was part of Michael Moriarty's backstory. Yes. Because he was the guy who disgraced him. Yes. He bl- he okay. essentially yeah, yeah exposed him for um being a pedophile. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where you start. I mean that's so rich, mm-hmm. like right. It's cool. It's, like these guys should hate each story. other. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like, a great story. What was the running time of this movie? Uh, I don't know offhand. Okay, yeah, I would have. Yeah, I just like it didn't feel too long. I'm no. just wondering if maybe they could have added some. Yeah, lead yeah. up. I mean, to it instead I don't of think started with the guy eating the shit. Yeah, I don't think it was more than an hour and twenty minutes. I mean, yeah. I think it was just simply the the it was a passion project by a person who was not very skilled and. What, what the 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 funny part is is that uh, allegedly they or the the folks that they worked with were quite skilled because mm-hmm. technically uh, this was a satisfying movie. Yeah. yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel yeah. like that's happened with a lot of movies that we've watched, especially lately. Is that it was a writer director like he yeah. was doing multiple things mm-hmm. and ultimately failed to convey his mm-hmm. vision. Nobody was telling this person I, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I or would honestly, change. I would editing love to, you know, have, if I, if I could have, you know, if I could approach this, uh, gentleman Cohen is his name. Yeah. And been like, can I write this for you? And I would, I would even hold true to the crank elements of it, but I would just give everybody just a little more, wax you know yeah. just like everybody they deserve it like yeah. he's got great characters those are great every one of them is is a cool character and like i would love to just do just like a just kick-ass mm-hmm. sleeveless 
You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> and, yeah everybody like gets a some, piece. You know, there were some great lines. I mean, yeah, I was, wrote a few down. Oh yeah, was, absolutely. Was a great the first one, Moriarty's line: "No one is as dumb as I appear to be." Love it. Yeah, yes. yes. says it's delightful Southern. Yeah. Yep. No one is as dumb as I. And then you so right there, like that's that great writing of yes, he is acting like an idiot. Yes, but he's super smart. Yeah, and that's how he can get things he, from people. He plays that subtext, absolutely. and every every yeah. actor, yeah, including yeah. our uh, our heroine uh, who is so tragically underwritten they all play great subtext the kid mm-hmm. plays great subtext yeah. the parents mm-hmm. when they're like you want this you know why why don't you want yeah. the stuff when they're all like glassy eyed yeah. and stuff yeah it's, taken it, over. it's it's funny it, it's rare normally when you see these kind of cheesy horror and science fiction movies the acting is like the thing that suffers most yeah. But yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like they spent too much time on their advertisements for the stuff. Yeah, yeah, which were like, great. Yeah, yeah. Some great I would yes. totally. Be- if I saw that, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, that's. I probably saw I mean, that as a child. In the yeah, 80s. enough it's is like, never enough is a great tagline. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so dumb. I mean, they even so got simple. Abe Vigoda for a five-minute yes. cameo. Yeah, I was getting a beer at that up. point. I missed that completely. And fish. it was like it hardly focuses on him either. It was like, wait a minute. I see it on the screen. I'm like. Oh my god, that's, I think that's Ape Dakota. I like, said it, it inside my brain it. first. Like, <laughs> now granted, this is a young Ape Dakota, and by young, I mean he only looked like he was 85. Because <laughs> he's always been old. I did look it up, it was actually Ape Dakota as a cameo as on one of the... It's just... Yeah, it was like five seconds. Yeah, yeah. just real so quick, quick on it, but yeah, like there was that one, there was... Um, he's paid scale for it. <laughs> the basketball one with the people from oh Rent. Oh my god, yes. They're the from Fame. From yeah. Fame. Fucking leg warmers and short, short spinning basketballs and shoot I mean and, that, and the stuff just so graffiti 80s. on yes. a black wall yeah. and, then, and then the the the, the runway one where the, yes. the models. supermodels are wearing you know swimsuits, swimsuits and, and fur coats. coats while eating the stuff oh god it's that was so 80s 80s, 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 80s advertising so cool yeah um, just, the basketball <laughs> one I was like I think this, this is a comic I've seen this yeah well and and you you know Aaron you mentioned you know you kind of compared it to They Live Yes. Having a similar message. Yes. About consumerism and... Well, okay, so, like, in general, there has been this uh, uh, mix of things that I am I am uncomfortable with and can really see the merit to. And it's this kind of anti-authoritarian, uh, bordering on antisocial point of view that stems from that kind of paranoia of like everybody. So like they live to me seems like the epitome of um, individual freedom paranoia. And I think that that does a really good job of, of doing that and covering all the bases. Whereas this only covers maybe like first base. Yeah. So like they because, live because they, they when they hand them the money, right? When and they live and they're wearing the sunglasses and the money says this is your god. Yeah. Like that's so like like that that is really deep. And that's why John Carpenter is great, right? Like that's why he's a great filmmaker. But then but then when um like with this, this only covers like one base of it, which is which is like the shallowest part of the nice consumerism does it make sense like yeah. that, that kind of that kind of like what the dead kennedys called baby blue and beige mm-hmm. you know that kind of like that that, that the, where that the, the, takes the edge off everything yeah so that you're anesthetized yeah and that is what like the the, the right-wing paranoia is is really afraid of is that when you take the edge off shit you become anesthetized and you become dull right yeah and there, there's a validity to that but 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 the the dark side of it is that for some reason in every american populist movement there is a racist sexist element to it and this movie feeds into it and i think it's mostly because of um the the and i don't mean this in a derogatory way but the ignorance of the filmmaker right mm-hmm. so i feel like if this filmmaker was making films now it would be the edge would be a little different yeah, he'd be more self-aware sense. about it yes, yes. Mm-hmm. but i think it made more sense to the tim then because they were seeing that convergence of the corporate and the 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 like for lack of a better term like neoliberal 
like seventies that baby blue and beige niceness. Yeah. With the with like the corporate takeover, you know, kind of merging. The the shut up, be happy and buy things. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That right? was the eighties. Right. Yeah. Right. And I can see, you know, like like R- Romero, I think, was afraid of that too. And I think like yeah. Frank Miller was afraid of that too. And they took it in a in a in a direction that is is sprouting up now in a really unsavory way. Well, and I think for them, and because this is more of a dark comedy than They Live or than yeah. you know, anything Romero did, um, for them there was more there was more of a brutality in what they were saying about it than there is to this. Like there's there's a lot of violence in this movie, sure, but it's played for comic effect. Whereas yeah. in They Live, it's never played for comic effect. Mm-hmm. It's played for a kind of disturbance of, of the status quo. Uh, Do you know I what I mean? That. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Absolutely. To the point where I think they live probably still has the longest fist fight scene in oh, cinema man. history. Oh, man. See, that is almost... I can't even believe that's not for comic effect. That is a great scene. It becomes ridiculous. Yes, but it does. he doesn't... Yeah. I don't think it's ever intended for comic effect. No. It, it sort of turns not. out that way as yeah. you watch it because you're you're going... This can't go on for that much longer. There's yeah. no way. And it goes on for another, like, five Put minutes. Put on the sunglasses. Oh, yeah. It's so good, though. Yeah. It's the... Yeah. But, yes. I I completely... I follow that line of thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a funny thing, because it's, like... It's... You know, and, and, and like, in, with the last two um, major NTG productions, uh, Cryptic and uh, Dispatches from the Dumb Decade, this kind of stuff has been kind of glossed over yeah you know the 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 idea that the crank of 30 years ago 20 years ago 10 years ago is now in charge and when and uh, there was a point when that stuff used to like the crank is a valuable thing in the american imagination and it adds so much to us and what we and, and like the things like things we like to think about but when it becomes mainstream thought you know. That's problematic. That's, it's yes. problematic, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Oh. To say the least. It's and only problematic if they don't have a lot of guns <laughs> and are willing to fight for you, and you can convince <laughs> them to shoot all the stuffies. Right? Yeah, stuffies. Yeah. I and love that disappointed. they have a name. Yeah. yeah, and then be disappointed when all the stuffies commit suicide because he didn't get to be the one to kill them. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He had some yeah. good lines. He yeah. had some he really yeah, good, oh, yeah. terrible lines. I really like the uh, no more of your liberal remarks. Yes. And Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean that, that couldn't good. be that couldn't be more yeah. And and Paul Servino uh, plays that character completely yeah. seriously. Like yeah. he's, oh, it was great. he's not self aware about what he's saying. Right. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah, he was. Like, Everybody was great. Yeah, the actors, the actors <laughs> were phenomenal. The yeah. the writing was was okay. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, even it was, that poor woman, she did so much with that role that was like right. so disjointed. Well, yeah. she, was, she played subtext. I don't even know she her was, name. I, like, I, I feel so her. bad. You shouldn't. I, it wasn't there. I don't know if they ever yeah. said. They said it once at the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, at the very beginning. When he yeah. met her. Yeah. Where he lied to her. To, to I, I. This is the part that confuses me. I don't understand what why she was there or like how how like other than he needed her to get into the factory. That was the reason. That was that it. was it. But then like why did he lie to her about getting her this other job and buying things out and doing this and then later he tells her he lied to her. Like she immediately doesn't seem to care. Immediately yeah. tells yeah. her. Yeah, you know, she doesn't seem to care. So no. it just it seemed really that whole connection between the two and then later she becomes the paramilitary's woman because whatever reason and it's sealed at the end when she's holding his Tommy gun and he's holding her shoes. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's unfortunate. Like, were they just hoping that the audience would be like, "Well, she's a woman; doesn't matter." Right. Basically, like, I feel well, like, I, it. Yeah, like I think are so, women yes. that difficult to write? Uh, writer? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I like have been pockets. told. I have been told. <laughs> yes, we love. First pockets. of all, she looked amazing in that white dress. That was kick ass. Oh, that, that was, was such a nice dress. dress. Oh, that was and such and a great summer dress. Suit thing. Oh, I loved it. Oh, yeah. I was disappointed there wasn't shoulder there was, there was a fucking of lapel. No, she could That's move in it. She could move it? in it. It would look great. It was. It would look great. And like she had a her the contrast between the whiteness and her tan skin was great. Right. But in general, okay. So like I've been told that I write women well. I've been told that on numerous occasions. I do not understand that comment. I do not understand <laughs> it. Because you just like, write them like people? And well, I don't, I, I don't know what's so like so hard about that. Like, like I feel like any other writer, when they write a, write a character, it's just, they, 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 they just 
funnel out all their own obsessions and create a character, right? Mm. I mean, that's how I work, honestly. Exactly, right? So, so why wouldn't you do that? Like, just some stories, I don't know. I don't know how it happens, but some stories, you, your protagonist becomes a woman, and mm-hmm. that's just how it is. So I don't get... I just don't even get why... And, and maybe it's like a societal thing where it's just like you're not expected to write a woman three-dimensionally. And t- to be honest, like in this picture, n- nobody was written three-dimensionally. Right. So it was like, no. you know, but 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 even then, like they gave her they gave a, a, a character that was still very interesting. And that's to the credit of the movie. Uh, very little to work with. Mm-hmm. But in general, yes. It's I don't I don't understand why this is so hard for folks writing screenplays. I just don't for me, get it. For men writing screenplays. Yeah, I just don't I, I <laughs> don't get fair. it. I, I don't I, I just like, don't understand. And I've been told I write men very well. Yeah, we've had this conversation and before, like, Kristen. I don't get it. I don't know well, okay. I don't know what the fuck like, that like, means. And why wouldn't I be able to write men yeah. very well, especially when men are the default. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot of times as somebody who's not a writer, but I think it's a lot of times <laughs> um people when they're writing especially opposite gender, that's their main point about them. And then there's other things. So instead of writing somebody who is charismatic and this is their job and this is their backstory and this is the thing and, oh, they happen to be a woman, they start with, well, it's a woman. And that's the majority of that. Like, that's 80% yeah. of their character. What are, what are yeah. women like? Women. Great. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, she's got red hair. Great. There, yeah. there's my woman character. And right. that's, yeah. And then they just kind of funnel into the stereotypes instead of having a person who's a woman, they lead with it's a woman, and that's how they fill out their character, is just based off right. of woman. Typically well, in the... Oh, go ahead, Gary. No. And I think part of it, too, is and and this is coming as a writer, um, you're so often told, well, write what you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're of, if you're writing a character of the opposite gender, then that clearly can't be what you know. So, people are taken, a, people are taken aback by that. People are surprised when you do that. Right. And make it an actual character, make it an actual yeah. person. Yeah. But even then, as, again, somebody who's not a writer, I feel like I could write my wife quite well. Because we've been married for 10 years and dating for 12 plus. Like, I know her quite well. And also, she's next to me and I could ask her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I can also say, like... is this a thing? And she'd be like... Ugh. <laughs> Usually the response I get is a shaken head and a sigh. Um, but... but Right. I know your wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I also well-deserved size. I don't think there's like that much difference between like you and or, or I don't know like what uh, what the 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 stuff that I deal with and whatever woman character I write deals with. Right. Yeah. I just don't. Right. You know what I mean? And 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 I I. I this is a this is a kind of a preaching to the choir kind of thing because I, I don't think that there's anyone here that like thinks this is an issue, and I, I I don't think it's I think it's a kind of a moot point with a movie like the stuff because I don't think that this gentleman is a very good writer to begin with so it's not you know what I mean Fair. so it's like yeah. but 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 like in 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 good movies. Where people are well written, this is an this is an issue. So, I don't think this is necessarily the 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 movie to attack. It's just like, it's just like we're all getting tired of it, right? Mm. So it's yeah. it's like that's that's really what it is. It's right. the, we're all getting tired of it. We're ready. We're ready for we're ready for for all of us to be represented as like just normal mm-hmm. people who have all the the shortcomings and 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 desires that. I will say the writer did a great job of giving the female just as much yes. as the male, which right. is very little. Right. Yes. I think yes. she has one of the more yes. interesting ending conundrums, though. Yeah. Because her end state is guilt. Mm. She yes. has. She yeah. ends with this guilt complex, yes. and I kind of actually want to know more about yes. her guilt complex after being partially at fault. Yeah, they, the they barely touch on that because he asks her, like, well, why even apologize? Why ruin your career? Yeah. Right. Right. And she's like, well, I don't think that's a question of ruining my career. It's more like a question of doing what's right. Like, I'm, mm, right. I'm at fault for this. And that's what she's all about. And that's what is, like, everybody has a, a piece that's missing. That's her piece that's missing. Mm-hmm. She, that's, needs to, she needs yeah. to state yeah, her yeah. guilt. Yes. Yeah. And that that should have been part of it throughout. Yeah. Yes. And that's not, 
that's not that is a that I don't think that is a um a uh sociological failing so right. much as it, as it is a that's just the failure of the filmmaker who didn't do that for everybody right. but the, these things were noticeably ab- absent from her character throughout mm-hmm. the course of the movie because simply because we don't get a lot of exposition as to what right. she's what she's all about right. well, well, yeah. and i feel like that's like based on moriarty's character that's something that the way that character is written he should have preyed upon Mm-hmm. I would yeah. have expected yeah. him to. Yeah. That's yeah. his in is yeah. look at what you did. Yeah. Now you right. have to help me stop it because yeah. you're the guilty party. Right. right. Yeah. Instead of some bullshit <laughs> yeah. about his limousine. Oil executive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like, that, that, yeah. The whole writing of this just seemed to like he had good like an outline of what he wanted the script to be. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of jumped through them very quickly. Yeah. Like to the point yeah. of where where they finally learn how to beat the stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it attacks them in the hotel room they, with beautiful face hugger technology. <laughs> like just Yeah. They did it a couple good. times. It was phenomenal. Yeah. But stand like, still, I'm gonna light your face yeah, on fire. I'm going to light your I'm going to burn it. There and she was, jumps on that very quickly. Yeah, there yeah. was nothing in between of like her yeah. like throwing things at it or hitting it's it. It's like on the on the guy and fire. she's burning it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's so many other times too where it's just like they just got to the next step and just we're there. Right, right. Yeah. We're, we're here. We're moving along. You know, there was, which at the same time meant there wasn't a lot of dull, you know, there wasn't a lot of like gaps where there wasn't a lot happening yeah, because true. they yeah. were like marching yeah. through this yeah. outline. It was, it was, the, the action was satisfying. Right. Like it, it, it rolled quickly. Yeah. But yeah. even at the end, you know, the whole end is just the conspiracy theorist, right wing paramilitary militia guy who owns a radio station. Do I don't think he owns, owns a radio station. No, he does. Does he own I, it? Yes. He says, I think, that they own two radio stations. Yes, okay. he even says, like, when they, they play the fluff yeah. at commercial, he's like, get that crap off of my radio. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he just, like, goes on the air and says, hey, guys, this stuff's bad. It's gonna kill you and your friends. You should burn it all. And, they're, and, and they, they, do. they do it. The entire country's like, sweet. And, and then yeah. that's what happens that in guy. 2019. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. But it, <laughs> again, it just jumped, like it just jumped <laughs> yeah. from the... Oh, it's like the Dixie and, Chicks all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Burning yeah. CDs. All right, so... Except, I'm for, gonna, well, except for the very end, when we had the... The, the ice cream, yeah. The, the, little, the little... And I think... If this was a modern a film, yeah. I can guarantee you this would have been the kicker at the end of the yeah. credits. With them doing a little fluff, uh, the stuff drug deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That part, yes. That part, yeah. yeah, not, yeah. Even, not even, I, yeah, the, forgot about not even big yeah. ice cream. Not even big, yeah. <laughs> Which they never called them by their name, I don't no. think. They never called them Amalgamated Dairy. No. Amalgamated Dairy. Yeah. Golden opportunity. That's, um, the, that's a big Yeah, thing. like that. So they're just kind of hit to go. It's still well, out there. And I think the kid had the other most interesting ending, where he's like this basically oh, yeah. PTSD, like, I will fucking murder people. Yeah. yeah. First of all. Like, he was um, a bad man. Point of order at the end. That kid was always a badass. Yeah, yeah he, he was. He was bucket of Barbasol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was so that was cool to sell yeah. the lie. So his parents want him to eat the stuff. He, he knows sh- it's bad. He, he fills been. a fucking container <laughs> yep. of Barbasol, goes back downstairs and starts eating it. Gets like four spoonfuls in before he. Is gonna vomit, <laughs> runs away. His parents figure out it's lie, but still, man, selling the lie. That's, yeah, that was oh, he, he was man. always a badass. He, he should have been the protagonist all the way through. Yeah, yeah. We're I thought back he was to gonna be. Yeah, yeah I gotta I blow your minds be. for a second, though. Oh, yeah, all right, I'm ready. So, Cohen, the guy who was the writer, director, producer of this movie, yes, he quit. Um, all of that stuff except for writing, and actually became a critically acclaimed screenwriter. Neat. Okay. What do, uh, do you remember a couple years ago? He mainly does thrillers. Okay. Do you remember? He's not one of the Cohen brothers. No. <laughs> do you remember a couple years ago a movie called Phone Booth with Colin Farrell? Yeah. Yes. That's actually a good movie. He wrote Phone Booth. Okay. That is so great. Oh, he got better. I that is so, what he does I haven't now. seen it, or I don't well, know if it's good or not, but I'm glad to hear that. Well, yeah, he it's had weird, other people telling him what was good and bad. I will say that I, I have to watch it again. Yeah. I do feel like that's another one where there's not a lot of background on the characters. Yeah. It, it is very much about... The, the basic premise is, I, I again, it's been 12 years since I've seen it, but the guy, for whatever reason, picks up the phone, I think it's almost intentional, and he kind of holds him hostage inside of this phone booth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if he doesn't, he's going to shoot him or kill his family, and like, all oh, this, very, oh. very, it's like a good thriller, but again, there's not, it's more about the what's current going on right now, not, not what's going on moment. before. If, yeah. that's, but it was good. if good that's the, if, if that is the tunnel vision focus of the picture. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing is that yep. with the stuff is it was all over the place. Yes. Yeah. So oh, had, literally, had all had over like the country. all kinds of. So you can. It, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because 
I haven't seen the, the movie, but when when you talk about that, it's like I can kind of see the evolution of a a particular style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of someone who writes in a particular way that with the stuff was the rough version of like okay this is the thing I do and I'm going to do try some other things that that work in other kinds of types of uh dramaturgical writing and they might not work but this one thing I do well right and the finished product is something like yeah. phone book. And, and, and as I remember more about it, I think it was the goal of the guy on the phone was to get Colin Farrell. Is that who it was? Yeah, he was supposed he was, to get him yeah. to admit to get doing him to something. Admit to yeah. So you, like, you learn about his character throughout the yeah. movie, but okay. it's still, okay. again, it's I mean, just about okay. the action itself. And, and, it's and a that good, it's a kind of goes with the theme, too, yes. of, yes. of yeah. getting people to admit some kind of malfeasance. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah, good to know. I might I might check that out on the road. Um, and we, you know, like I said, I promised. You know, we talk about like corporate malfeasance horror yes. as like a subgenre. Yes. Before we get into that, okay. you said you were going to explain to us how they made the special yes. effects. Okay, oh, yeah. the, the fluff. so it was beautiful. So the fluff, it was. Really the fluff that they used when they're getting chased by this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so the story is, it was made from blended fish bones. What? Wow. And it smelled so nasty. What is the trial and error? I don't know, <laughs> but it smelled so disgusting. <laughs> that in between, in between shots, everyone had to run out of where they were shooting, which I think was the hotel room at the time. Um, and there was a nearby river, and they all had to run into the river to get that smell off of them. And we went into now, the fish house. Yeah, now Aaron and Josh and I have all worked for a, the same nursery company. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us remember what a bottle of fish emulsion, which is fish oh, blended yeah. fertilizer, I, I, smells yeah. most of my life, too, so I yeah. know what a filet house smells like. Yes. Oh, so now imagine that's the smell that's chasing you, yeah. and you have to spend like three, four days shooting with that yeah. around you all the time. I'd run like I hell. Just, I, yeah, I can't that's imagine you so couldn't have come up with something better i yeah. just i just would love to see like the, the like okay we tried this and we tried this right. but the best thing by far is this fish gut stuff that just yeah. just really kills just grind them up grind up yeah. <laughs> this really yeah. la- this really lathers out real nice <laughs> right it was so really white yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was, and it was cool. beautiful. Looking... Flown so beautiful the containers yep. they used were apparently a lot of empty haagen containers that's what i figured cool. that's what they looked yeah. like so. yeah um, they said they went through a lot of haagen on this movie. So. Nice. Oh, shit, the, the, nice. Oh, that'd be the, that'd be oh, the one to yeah. work on. His family, <laughs> the boy's family, they had a separate garbage can just for the stuff containers that they threw well, away. And they had thrown away everything else in their <laughs> right. refrigerator, and now yes. they only ate the stuff. I so love those that. things that were yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. No, it was uh, diet food. And I also found it interesting. It was being sold as a diet food. Yeah. That was so 80s. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The, the, zero the, calories. Yes, zero calories. Like, the or lighter calorie, you could yeah. eat. But yeah. also a dessert. Yep. It, exactly. it yeah. served Special every K. function. Yeah. yeah. Ballistic yeah. stretching. I mean, that is yeah. that is the ultimate <laughs> 80s diet food. Yeah. Is fluff. Absolutely. The, well, there's and, no caloric... And when you think yeah. about like, the fifties and the sixties, you know that's what that's what you were thinking the future was going to be like. Was you were going to have this like all in one protein food? Yes. Yeah, and it was going to make meals real easy. Future, and then, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like the eighties was the future. It was like everybody decided like this is the future. This is the aesthetic of the future. future. This is the. This is the, you know, this is the Jetsons. It was, was like, like everybody decided it once, and then it went away when the 90s happened. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. And for 10 years, Thank we're going to do Buck Rogers for 10 years. Silver every, suits and... Every once in a while, there's, there's a comment that I had made on Facebook that pops up in my memories every once, yeah, every, on occasion, and it's, uh, you know, we were promised jetpacks, and what we got was handlebar mustaches. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is we, true. We yeah. went back 100 instead of going forward. Right. Yeah. Everything comes full circle. Yeah, absolutely. I, Everything I is cyclical. Yeah, um, that's cool. So, so yeah, that that was yeah, that was the story about yeah, yeah. how they you know the how they got one of the special effects anyway. Yeah, um, one of the things that I mentioned that Aaron was really stoked about is that the hotel room that they use when the stuff is gooping up the walls is the same room that they use in Nightmare on Elm Street when they kill oh, Johnny man. Depp and the blood shoots out of the bed. I thought the that rotating was so room here, like that just upped. I mean, I was already feeling feeling pretty pretty fly about this picture but that really made me feel good because I, I love Nightmare. I don't I wanna, remember <laughs> I want to go back and watch that scene now I love Nightmare yeah, hard yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember which one was shot first 
Whether oh, they well, used it in Nightmare First or whether uh, they used it in... Probably Nightmare First oh, because yeah. they, they came out in 84. Did it? Okay. So, so yeah. yeah. That was... That Just was the year really... before. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, cool. I don't feel like Cohen had the, the, the moolah to build that room right, if yeah. it didn't already yeah, it's exist. It's probably pretty cheap to rent it afterwards. Probably. And New, New World's totally independent, right? Because New Line, who did yeah. Nightmare, was... Yeah. And they are probably still. I don't um, think they, that... They're... I don't think they exist as a separate entity anymore. Oh, okay. I think they've been folded in. Oh, okay. um, Does some because they were company own them now? Or? Well, they were owned by the Weinsteins. <laughs> oh, well, that's still independent. It is. Yeah. Um, but they've been, they, but they're, they're but owned the by a bigger... the are not as powerful yeah. now, right? Yeah, they're owned so that, by a bigger corporation yeah. now. They're owned by a bigger studio now. It's U.S. Because um, everybody's yeah. owned yeah. by somebody. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else we got to say about the stuff. Uh, the pride flag logo. Oh yeah, yes. God. <laughs> like, oh branding. God. This would be a I show love about the branding. branding. I, I love like the branding. I love the... Twenty years before the buy pride flag. Yeah, but yeah. like every time it was on the screen, like I would just stare at it because mm. I'm expecting it to be a pride flag. <laughs> well, they, they had it in flag. Like they had it, so it was like dessert, like Willy Wonka dessert colors, like yeah, you yeah, know, puce like, and mm-hmm. orange, and then. They, they had it in flag format with three stripes, right? Like a yeah, you know, three, yeah, like a European stripes. European flag or whatever. And it did very much look like what we would think of as a as a pride flag, which was very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like I just know if I put that on a t shirt, everybody'd be like, no. Yeah. Let me get yeah, yeah. based on what, colors. What do you want to do? Is your pride shirt faded? Yeah. yeah. Are right. you a bear or what? <laughs> Like I just, I could just throw that up on my Facebook and be like, "Guess what, guys? New yeah. flag!" And then just have someone pick it. Oh. Yeah, right. No man, it's the stuff. It's the stuff. It's the stuff. It's the stuff. That's um, my. That's but my yeah, I mean, yeah, the, like the, the whole concept of yeah, like marketing as evil. Yeah, or marketing as being all pervasive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool because it's like, it's so. This there's this there's this burgeoning libertarian kind of sect that that could that is a in in a lot of ways has has carried with it a lot of the better things about like the 60s and then a lot of the the dark side of that too so there's like this this anti-authoritarianism that's that's attractive but then but then how far do you do you do that before it becomes antisocial? Well, and I right? feel like that movement also has that 80s, that 80s darkness of, fuck you, I got mine. Exactly. Yeah. But what's funny about that, dudes, is that that is part and parcel of that generation's point of view from the beginning. So, like, the, 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 I would argue, and I, and I think I tried to argue this in dispatches, is that the the white folks never really had a stake, never really had a stake. It was fashionable to protest Mm -hmm. and be anti-authoritarian. And so like people like, you know, blacks and women had a real stake in it, but like the, the white middle-class thing, once that stopped paying off, once, once the deferment stopped paying off and, you know, once, once that stuff, you got older and you wanted to start to buy in, then you get this like the, then you get this crank anti-authoritarian anti-social you know anti like like the whole new deal establishment right mhm it's a complicated it's a complicated ball of shit but it's, like i it's think it's where individualism becomes selfishness yes it's, it's exactly. that edge where absolutely, you cross that line absolutely. from one to the other and i think i think that this and there's like a whole there's like a whole Man, there's like a whole that whole '70s dirty realism movement. Yeah, is is part of that in a good way and in a bad way, and like it. I I think that this things like the stuff you know is is an is exemplary of that okay. kind of point. So dirty realism, you're talking about stuff like Taxi Driver and yes. that kind of thing. Okay, well, like like nihilistic in a way, but like really what I'm thinking, I'm thinking is not so much nihilistic as anti-authority. Anti, you cannot tell me what to do, whether it's if, you know, carrying a gun, smoking weed, having sex the way I want to have sex, you know, like, like that is, is the, that kind of individual freedom translated versus, versus, um, like a society. And I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of shit we're struggling with now is like this Trump stuff 
is is the 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 wake of a lot of the boomers anti-authoritarianism warped in a fucked up way to where it's become antisocial. Yeah. Yes. Right? I agree. And I think that like that's part of this. And like when I watch that stuff, it's like I get this awesome thrill of like when I was a kid, I'm like yeah, you know, fuck you, commies or whatever. But like it's like it, the, the, there's real consequences to that, right? Too. So it's it's really fun to watch that stuff <laughs> now, <laughs> and you know, but like even even things like you know like Stranger Things or whatever, right? Because like yeah, when, when you see that like John like like that that whole beginning is so John Carpenter. And it's yeah. so like like anti like that kind of Bill Murray anti authority kind of thing, and I, I I really relate to that. But there's a dark there's a dark uh, yeah. edge yeah. to that. You know, there's it's, a dark edge. It's to no that. longer like thumbing your nose, it's, right? Yeah, because people get hurt mm-hmm. because yeah. people who are marginalized are getting hurt now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it's like it's been translated to like a children's crusade to to like those children are cranky old fucking white farts now. So it's like. Back then, they like they, they didn't know what they were dealing with. They thought it was revolutionary times, but they weren't revolutionary times because they were still too comfortable. And now it's like people are starting to get uncomfortable a little bit. So it's you know, yeah. you know. But but like that's what that's one of the things that like, I love about this about this movie is that it, it it takes me back to that that wedge in that generation gap. Yeah, if you will. Mm-hmm. 